What's up, everyone? I'm your host, Matt James, and welcome to Generation Bitcoin. Today, I'm here with Alex Svetsky. Thanks for coming on the show today, Alex. How are you doing today? Thanks, dude. Appreciate you having me on. I, um, it was funny that I got a matchmaker email saying, oh, you should you know, reach out to this guy. I was like, oh, it's a Bitcoiner. Sweet. Because I usually get all, like, these, all these shit ones on there. And I was like, okay, that's good. Yep. So I reached out. I was like, let's He's do it. He's a Bitcoiner. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I'm super excited to have you on, man. You're you're a big, uh, great thinker in this space, and Thanks, I've been man. reading a lot of your articles. You uh, you spoke at the Bitcoin 2021 conference in Miami. Yep. Uh, you write about Bitcoin on Medium and uh, for the Bitcoin Magazine. You're host of your own Bitcoin podcast, the Wake Up Podcast, and you're also the founder of Amber, mm-hmm. a fiat Bitcoin exchange. For uh, reoccurring buys, so that's super sweet. So thanks for all that you do in the Bitcoin space. It's uh, much appreciated. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I always say, like, you know, people say, "What do you do with your time?" I say, you know, my my life literally revolves around Bitcoin. So like, my economic expression of that is Amber. My philosophical expression is, you know, the writing. Um, you know, my public expression is. Yeah lambasting people on twitter or getting on stage and all that shit so but everything basically revolves around bitcoin (laughs) hell yeah awesome so yeah let's start off with a little backstory here Uh, i want to know when did you first hear about bitcoin and uh, why did it appeal to you yeah i think i mean i think like many people it took a couple times to hear about bitcoin to actually do anything about it so i mean i was i was a gold and silver bug in sort of 2011 uh yeah actually what was it? 2010 and 2011. I was a full-on gold silver guy, and so I I had gotten wrecked in the in the GFC. Actually, I got wrecked pre-GFC. Uh, 2008, I actually made money on the market, um, but in any case, that that I I went on this whole journey down the rabbit hole to sort of try and figure out why was I so wrong because I was uh, when I got wrecked in 2007. I think it was. I can't remember if it was like Lehman or Bear Stearns or someone went bust. Uh, it was around August in 2007 and uh, I was uh, leveraged long on uh, a couple banks and I just got annihilated. So that kind of really took me down the rabbit hole. And yeah, between sort of 2008, 2009, I really learned about, you know, what, it, what this QE shit is, you know, Federal Reserve you know, gold and all this stuff. And, you know, back then I was watching your Peter Schiff's, your Max Kaiser's, your Gerald Salente's, your Doug Casey and God knows who else was around at the time. And yeah, I, I made some good money out of gold and silver. Uh, and along the way, somewhere along the way, like I heard Bitcoin, you know, sort of mentioned and I can't remember who it was. It was probably Max jumping up and down on a couch or something. God knows. And I kind of, you know, I was like, yeah, whatever. Uh, gold silver is what I'm interested in. And, and I kind of went down that path to my everlasting shame and dismay and regret <laughs> because, you know, the money that I thought I made in, in gold and silver, you know, pales in comparison to uh, what I, what could have, what could have occurred had I jumped in Bitcoin at the time. So yeah, then kind of my life took a bunch of different turns. I, you know, did all sorts of weird shit, got into software, blah, blah, blah. So Bitcoin was completely off my radar probably until 2016 again. Uh, and the way it jumped onto my radar was I had a friend of mine who was a sort of degenerate junkie that was buying drugs on the dark net. Talking about how he was like buying, you know, drugs with this thing called Bitcoin. I was like, is that thing still around? I was like, yeah, yeah. He starts telling me about how his friend made a bunch of money out of it, all this shit. And, you know, it's like, it's, you know, it's like $600 now. It was like, you know, five bucks. In the five. And I remember when it was like, you know, sub 10. I was like, what the fuck? So that kind of made me start digging again. And, you know, my, my journey into Bitcoin was initially like, I've got a meme. I say I came for the money, but I stayed for the money. And for me, it was like, I, I came to try and make some money. Like I was trying to trade and, you know, you will climb Mount Stupid, right? You know, I started shit coining. I did a bunch of things and, but the more I dug, the more I found something of extreme substance and extreme importance with Bitcoin. Uh, so I've, I've always been, you know, responsibility oriented. I've always, always been entrepreneurially minded. Um, I've always been extremely like liberty and freedom sort of oriented in terms of how I want to live my life. But, you know, kind of like you do you, I do me, get the fuck out of my way. You know, don't, don't tell me what I should do with me, my life, my body, my decisions and all that sort of stuff. And, and Bitcoin just seemed to align across so many levels. And 
the further I went down the rabbit hole, the, the more I've realized that, you know, Bitcoin is the most important thing happening in the world today. And I, I think, you know, really particularly over the last 18 months, almost two years now, like I have come to realize that the, the, humanity doesn't have a future without Bitcoin. Like it's, it's an extremely bleak future. And yeah, man, that yeah. kind of like brings me, brings me to today. Yeah, I think it's pretty a pretty common thing for Bitcoiners to have, you know, first um, first researched our money and the Federal Reserve and how that whole system works. Uh, that's where I came from as well. I I researched that back in high school and I knew that you know fiat money was was corrupt and not what what we want in society. And so uh, I didn't find bit find out about Bitcoin until a little bit later, but. It's a good. It's a good way to transition into Bitcoin is first understanding the money and central banking and how that all works. So, yeah, there's kind of necessary seeds. The necessary seeds. This is why a lot of tech people just don't get Bitcoin. Like I used to have a dev that used to work for us at Amber, and he just didn't understand the Bitcoin thesis. He's like, oh, so you know, well, I mean, you know, Bitcoin's all cool and all, but look, what about Dogecoin? I was like, fucking hell. So, like, if you don't have the rooting, if you don't have the understanding of, you know how to define money, why money exists, what what the purpose of money is as a technology uh, in society. You don't actually appreciate why Bitcoin is so important and that's you know, kind of where we are for most people. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of aspects to Bitcoin and you know understanding the tech behind it is one thing, but there's uh you know economics and politics and you know et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. there's there's a lot to uh lot to learn about it for sure. So in your latest article on uh, for Bitcoin Magazine, it's called uh, The Intelligent Person's Guide to Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh, that, was a, that was a great read, by the way. It was, it was short, you. but impactful, you know, and, and I like that. You, you really were able to kind of summarize a lot into a, a short amount. So Thank you. You, uh, you said that one of the things you said that, that stood out to me was, you know, you do not invest and Bitcoin. And, you know, I, 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 I tell people to invest and then I think about it and I think, you know, we, we probably shouldn't be calling it that you're, you're probably right. Cause it's not, it's not really a typical investment. It's you're, you're fleeing, mm-hmm. as you said, you're fleeing one fiat system for a completely different economy, you know, a completely different system. So I, I really like that. So my, my next question, I guess I don't want to say invest, but why just overall, why do you see Bitcoin as a good decision to to migrate from fiat mm-hmm. yeah. and uh why should we yeah why, why, why should we leave that system for, for this one in your opinion yeah. migrate is a great word i think this is i think the quote specifically in the article is you know one does not invest in a superior form of money you know like so it's like you know you you mm-hmm. you've got zimbabwean dollars you don't invest in u.s dollars you know so that you can make some money and come back and have more zimbabwean dollars that's fucking stupid you 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 get out of the bad money and you move into the good money. Um, you know, yeah. if like when society was operating on seashells and salt and, you know, gold came as an emergent money, uh, you didn't invest in gold. You moved into the better money because it represents the product of your labor more accurately. So when we look at fiat money, it it no longer functions as money uh, the way it should be. So, so, so money has three primary functions. It should store the product of one's labor so it should store value in some way it should act as a means via which human beings can exchange the product of their value uh, or the product of their labor so that's the medium the medium exchange function and it should be a unit of account you should be able to measure other goods products goods and services with that so if we look at fiat money it categorically doesn't store value like it literally yep. The, the value erodes day on day, week on week, month on month, year on year. Like there's a, you know, there's a great meme about like, you know, the, the Big Mac back in the seventies or eighties, whatever it was, or the seventies, I think it is cost 65 cents. Now Big Mac is like $6. So, so your money has lost 90% of its fucking value. Like that doesn't make any sense, but we've sort of been normalized to believe that that makes sense. So fiat money doesn't store value anymore, at least not very well. Um, it still can be used as a medium of exchange and it is the primary unit of account. So those two things are really tied, but the medium of exchange function is slowly by slowly being constricted because for me to transact with someone to buy something that I might want, um, 
I need to jump a million hoops. Now, in some places, it's a little bit easier, you know, in some places you can Venmo someone something, but, you know, go write a, a, a memo on the Venmo, like, weed or something, and you'll see how well the medium exchange works, right? So, like, you know, the, the, the exchange doesn't actually occur. So, you know, if, but where Bitcoin transcends uh, all of this stuff is Bitcoin doesn't recognize time or place or individual or message or reason or purpose or any of that. Like, it is pure medium of exchange technology. Uh, you know, whoever signs a transaction can move UTXOs to any other uh, location, irrespective of what anyone thinks for what it's for, what time it is, why, or anything. That's like pure 10 out of 10 perfect medium of exchange. And that exists today with Bitcoin. Um, the reason, though, it's not used as a primary medium of exchange at the moment is because Bitcoin is still emergent. Uh, you know, you, you would be crazy to go and use your Bitcoin as a primary means of payment today because each time you pay with Bitcoin uh, a year or two later, you want to punch yourself in the face because you just paid yeah. 10x what it actually cost you. So, um, you know, in that sense, that there's the perfect functionality exists, but that is not the primary use case today. So, and then thirdly is the unit account component. So a good unit account, you know, needs to be very divisible, um, needs to be able to measure other goods and services. So, so it's got to have these uh, attributes. Um, it needs to be fungible, blah, 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 blah. So as Bitcoin matures uh, and as it, uh, as its, you know, liquidity deepens and as all of that sort of occurs, it, you know, the, the, the volatility will taper off. Um, and what you end up is in a situation where we can measure other goods and services uh, in Bitcoin, and we, we and we won't measure it in Bitcoin. We'll measure it in sats. You know, a bottle of water will cost twenty sats or whatever. You know, at some point, two sats. Um, so, so, so that that transformation as that sort of, as we emerge into that, and you know, people sort of think of things as like sort of step functions. We go from one to another, and that's not how complex systems uh, evolve, you know, they, they emerge. So, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a transition. It, it, it happens over time. And, you know, Bitcoin is primed to be a perfect unit of account as well. Um, and and that, 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 there's probably some other elements there in terms of unit of account, like we know how much Bitcoin there is in total. So as a result, uh, we'll be able to better account for everything else as well. We'll be able to better value all other products, goods, services, and everything else that's around us. So so anyway, if Bitcoin performs these functions perfectly, um, it is because it has all the attributes of money. Uh, it embodies all of the attributes of money perfectly also. So, so th those two things combined mean that Bitcoin is a superior form of money. Now, you as an individual need to make a choice. Do you want to hold inferior money so do you want to trade your finite resources your time your labor your energy you know your fucking natural resources that you mix your labor with do you want to trade that for the equivalent of seashells um or you know the equivalent of gold like so so, so this really is a an individual preference and you by all means can continue to trade your precious time for fucking shitty toilet paper printed by a few bureaucrats like by all means go for it um or you can choose to trade it for the most superior incorruptible form of energy money that has ever existed um that cannot be corrupted that cannot be taken from you that can that you cannot be told what to do with um that you know your proportion to the whole um and as a result as the productive capacity of humanity continues to rise your purchasing power will also continue to rise like when i look at those two as a comparison i'm like you actually have to be stupid or ignorant um, or an imbecile of some form not to be measuring your net worth in bitcoin so so that's why like the migration into bitcoin is like literally I, it's it's practically an intelligence test or it's 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 a it's darwinism in action you know, anyone who knows about Bitcoin uh, but doesn't move into it is at this point stupid. There's enough content there to figure it out. So, yeah, I like your your reference to seashells, uh, fiat being seashells, and 
and Bitcoin being, you know, a superior form of gold because, you know, the, the, the amount of printing that's been going on lately is pretty absurd. Um, there, the money supply has increased, you know, anywhere between 30, 40%. Uh, last year in terms of us dollars and it's it's crazy that they 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 mask it with with these um with these measurements like cpi which is a complete f scam in my opinion because it makes people think they're you know the money that makes them think that they're losing about two percent a year you know it's not bad uh, two five two to five percent okay i could deal with that but you look at the money supply and you know by the way we don't even know that the money supply is is uh truth right we're mm -hmm. trusting that their the numbers they're telling us is correct because mm -hmm. the supply is not audible but uh but yeah there's there's a lot of problems with fiat for sure and and uh you know the first aspect of a money is to be a store of value like you were saying and fiat has definitely definitely failed in that i agree <laughs> yeah yeah i mean so. the the it's like one we're playing one big game of monopoly and the whole thing's one big fucking joke it's like a big scam and we're all just running around lying to each other about you know what what's you know like i mean the, the, i saw a tweet the other day it's like uh related to the whole you know vaccination stupidity right so in russia they were like okay um the the mandates that they they enforced some mandates and the mandates got reversed in like seven or eight days because basically everyone went out and stopped eating at the restaurants and all the restaurants started to go broke very quickly so they fucking rioted and so they overturned it straight away so like what i always say is like when you can lie to yourself economically which is effectively what the fiat system is it's one big economic lie we can lie to because so much capital has been built in the west so much wealth has been built we can actually lie to ourselves and burn through that wealth burn through that capital whilst we're lying to ourselves uh by making suicidal economic decisions like a lockdown for example is the most suicidal possible fucking decision any government can make but if you don't have that cushion um and if you don't, or, so a if you don't have that cushion, uh, whether you lie to yourself or not, like doesn't matter. You'll you'll quickly feel the pain, right? Which is why a lot of the poorer countries, like Mexico and all this sort of stuff, they can't do fucking lockdown because they will fucking starve. But yeah. you know, on a Bitcoin standard, what happens is because you can't lie to yourself economically, because you can't, you know, uh, rob Peter to pay Paul, um, and you know, play this game of illusion you like lockdowns and all of the shit that we've seen for the last 18 months would be categorically impossible on a bitcoin standard yeah um because you can't cover it up you can't mask it with some sort of borrowing or money printing or any of that bullshit like it would literally be raw consequence at the time of the bad decision and and, and that sort of you know digs onto a deeper point which is something we're missing in the world today is like we're missing uh, the the ramifications of consequence, like we're, we're missing the instant ramification of consequence. What we're doing is we're masking everything and the consequence comes later, but because it's hidden, the consequence hits like a fucking ton of bricks. Like they're, they're devastating consequences. Um, whereas, mm. you know, in a normal society with normal sound energy, incorruptible energy money, when people make bad decisions, the economic consequence is instant um it's less severe they can adjust they can correct um or they can move on to something else very quickly whereas now all we do is we the lie perpetuates another lie perpetuates another lie perpetuates another lie you know all of our best talent is going into two industries tech or fucking banking um and in tech innovation is basically who's making the next dick pic app um and in banking innovation is who's fucking creating a new way to rehypothecate wealth and fucking, you know, create more lies. It's like literally the smartest people are going and creating more stupidity um, and the world is becoming completely distorted. So that's just, that's, that's the, that's the downstream ramifications of starting with a lie. And, and it's, it's very dangerous for the world. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, what, what it makes me think of in terms of an analogy is, you know, with forest fires, 
they require small fires every so often it's natural for that to happen and it's healthy right and the forest survives fine but if we prevent those forest fires it's it ends up having a devastating huge fire which you know has permanent consequences and we're we're just kicking the can down the road right and you know it's not going to end well uh, unless you know unless we have a bitcoin standard so Bitcoin definitely gives me hope for that. But yeah. it's, it's the only thing at this point that gives me hope. Jesus, when I look at everything else that's going on, I'm like, holy fucking shit, what are we doing? <laughs> yep. Yeah, so next uh, next up I want to talk about um, on your talk at Bitcoin 2021 Miami, uh, you said that Bitcoin fixes education and prevents uh, state indoctrination because it bankrupts the system. Uh, I thought that was a really... Um, interesting idea so can you elaborate on how you think uh bitcoin will end up bankrupting the system and how it will result in the elimination of fiat in in your opinion yeah so i mean broadly speaking uh for the state to operate um so 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 the state operates a, a bankrupt institution like you look at the debt numbers you look at anything that they do all they do is like they they burn money they waste money they squander money um, and they continue indebting themselves. Um, and their solution to uh, managing the debt is to get even more debt. So, so it's basically like, you know, if, if I was a business and I was lending to someone, a government is the last person on the planet I would ever fucking lend to. They run a bankrupt institution. Like, and like, it's not only just, you know, fiscally bankrupt, but it's completely morally bankrupt as well. And it's functionally bankrupt because they are, honestly, like, I couldn't think of a, a worse group of idiots to do anything like anything they touch they fuck it up they fucked up schooling they fucked up healthcare they fucked up the roads they fucked up infrastructure they fucked up energy they fucked up the money they they fucked up everything like they a government institution puts their hand on anything and they fucking wreck it because <laughs> there's no there's no you know there's a complete moral hazard there's no skin in the game there. they can do whatever the fuck they want it's like someone else's toy they break it. it's like oh, okay it's your problem now um so so when, when you look at this um, institution, the only way that such a bankrupt, broken, incompetent bunch of fools can maintain power is by operating the printing press. Um, so, so, and it's not just the printing of the money, but it's the actual ownership of the the legal the the monopoly, the ownership of the monopoly on money, and being the legal issuer which means that by default everyone else cannot issue when you own the fucking money you own everything money is the the, the technology via which we measure not only human action but all energy time and natural fucking resources that, that is the ultimate power on the planet so mm. when you can somehow you know legalize your, yourself as that person like in the game of monopoly if i have my finger my hands in the fucking cash register doesn't matter what the other players do they can play as well as they fucking want they can roll all the right dices i'll still beat you it is completely yeah. fucking rigged so these idiots um maintain power maintain position through owning the money through and, and then they have multiple tools you know they they create it you know they they, they do the treasury purges they do all that crap they they then also have uh, through force they they tax us um, so they take our money that way um, and you know try and validate their existence through that and then they borrow from the future which is effectively uh, a bill for our kin our children and the children's children and if what it also is it's actually a it's a lien or it's a, it's a debt it's a burden on future natural resources. So, you know, people who are fucking running around being environmentalists, like, do you know what's the most detrimental thing for the environment? Borrowing from the fucking future for consumption today. Because that bill has to come due. And the bill is paid through human productivity and natural resources. So you want to save the fucking environment? Get off the US dollar. So as Bitcoin emerges as money um, and more and more people move to Bitcoin, what happens is that the productive base of the fiat system begins to erode. And as that erodes, they have less and less capacity to play the bankrupt game that they're playing. So as we bankrupt them, 
um, and as Bitcoin gets stronger, um, they're no longer able to fund all the stupid uh, programs and ideas and dumb things that they want. And education is one of those things. Like education originally emerged. I mean, okay, let, let's define education. Education is something all humans do all the fucking time. Like from the moment we're born, we are being educated. We're educating in some way, shape, or form. You know, our parents educate us. You know, the environment around us educates us. You know, what we watch, what we see, people we interact with. Like all of that is education. So education is a is a, is a constant. Uh, the question is, and this is where sort of schooling emerged, is can we uh, systemize the education in a way to make it more efficient um, and sort of raise the the water level and, and that was a noble goal um you know the idea that you know if we sort of standardize elements of education then we'll you know increase literacy on a broad base we'll increase mathematical capacity and all this sort of stuff but as with all things um the government got involved and uh it went from systemizing uh and streamlining education uh through schooling uh it transformed into institutionalizing schooling which today has become blatant uh, state indoctrination. Like now, schooling is no longer about education. It's about being fucking fed propaganda. It's about being forced into a fucking classroom for, you know, what is it, 8 to 12 hours a day, whatever the kids go to school these days. Um, you know, forced to fucking absorb all this crap from a teacher who doesn't actually give a fuck. Like, I mean, some I'm sure do, but mm. most of them are just, you know, government hench fucking men who don't know what else to do with their lives. Um, do that for fucking 12 years. It's kind of like beat the individuality out of the this young person. Um, teach them all the same shit, irrespective of their uh, natural predispositions. And then when they come out, convince them then to get into a quarter of a million dollars worth of debt that they'll never be able to pay off uh, by going to a useless uh, tertiary institution called university or college or whatever to learn more bogus fucking crap um so like you know 12 16 18 years of indoctrination and we wonder why on the other end we've got these fucking midwits who uh you know can't tie their own shoelaces um but they say they have a college degree like it's it's you know i tweeted the other day i was like you know public education you know gave us these idiots who like <laughs> literally you know, cannot think for themselves. Um, whereas before this, you know, public education system, what we had was, you know, young individuals growing up becoming, you know, craftsmen, tradesmen, artists, you know, artisans, bakers, like farmers, etc. Like they actually had skill and people were like, oh, they're uneducated. Well, no, no, no. They were educated in specific capacity and they actually added value to society. Most of these fucking morons who come out of college these days, they don't add any, anything to society zero they're a fucking leech um so you know i i think again when you when we raise the specter of economic uh consequence to society you know studying a useless degree and you know going through a useless state indoctrination program for 12 years is economically non-feasible so the forcing function will naturally trend towards uh parents wanting the best for their kids self-educating them and then finding intelligent teachers or tutors or whatever to mm. teach them the things that the kid has the most natural predisposition towards simultaneously with the internet basically making all education free you know that child can go and learn things uh, as they need to like i mean the sailor academy is a great example of something that is you know some of the best education on the planet is there for free um mm. th th this indoctrination system can't compete so 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 bitcoin just creates a forcing function for more natural diverse real education again it swings the pendulum back away from state indoctrination it actually swings it right past schooling and straight back into uh education which is a discovery process um not a fucking process where we drill shit into people's head and make them regurgitate what we told them to think so yeah i think that's going to be one of the most impactful things that bitcoin does to society and you know i can't wait to see what kind of a renaissance comes out the back of that yeah yeah it's exciting that's a that's a good point you know our 
our current uh, education system is super inefficient and it would definitely be you know better provided by the market i mean it already is being better provided by the market you know yeah. like you're saying it's there's free education online so yeah that, that's definitely a good point like so i want to talk about kind of a, a deeper question here this is something i've been pondering about uh so I don't know if you heard of Jeff Booth, but he had a good quote um, Yep, uh, about, he said that if you have corruption at the base layer of money, which we uh, obviously do, you have corruption everywhere in society. And um, I've been thinking about that, you know, because money is the base layer of our entire economy and there is corruption and it's, you know, very, very severe. And the, what I'm trying to grasp is, if we correct that with Bitcoin, how how do you think that, you know, all the corruption elsewhere will also go down because the base layer does not have that corruption? And do you do you agree with that that quote from, from Jeff? Broadly speaking, yes, but let's sort of dig into why. It's like um when when you like c- corruption is merely, you know, the process of, you know, doing something to gain an unfair advantage uh, over someone else. Um and that can have benefits uh, in the short term. Um, and, you know, what will happen is, like, even on the Bitcoin standard, there will be some levels of corruption um, that happen. But when the incentives are, are designed in such a way that the short-term consequence of corruption can be hidden, which is kind of what we were discussing before, right? When you can, when you can lie to yourself economically, what happens is you actually enable the, the incentives enable more and more corruption because you can hide the consequence the, the longer term or the medium to long term consequences of uh, the bad behavior and what you do is it's like a cancer that spreads inside the system until the consequences actually catch up and when they catch up you have a catastrophic failure you have you have a break uh, in the system whereas in bitcoin um, or on a bitcoin standard you know after we fix the base layer the incentive to corrupt in the short term may still exist, but because Bitcoin fundamentally, you know, transforms time preference and it transforms incentives, like the incentive to cooperate and to treat the counterparty uh, with respect and to, to, to basically be a good economic uh, actor uh, in relation to your counterparty, that incentive actually is higher than ripping them off or, you know, trying to play funny buggers um, or trying to, to do something. So some may do it, but they will feel the pain of that uh, that fraudulent decision much quicker. And when you, when you balance that, you know, as a rational economic actor, um, when you balance that against the incentive of just playing good with your counterparty, you, you'll naturally trend towards doing the right thing. Whereas in today's day and age, like, if you can get a fucking edge, you'll do it. And if you're not going to get in trouble, of course you're going to do it, i.e. corruption. Um, or if you're going to be fundamentally protected through some bullshit legality or regu- you know, regulation or whatever, you will... Subsidy. Yeah, subsidy or whatever. You will fucking take advantage of it. That is the rational thing. But in the absence of all of that crap, um, you like it, it doesn't make rational economic sense. And and, and that that's how Bitcoin sort of quenches corruption not through force not through mandate not through regulation but through economic incentive that's what it fixes so i don't know if jeff like explained that very well but that's sort of how i understand um and perceive bitcoin as a solution to systemic corruption yeah that's a good good way of putting it what what do you think uh our path towards that will, will look like do you think that you know will the government inevitably hyperinflate every currency like like it has in the past and do you think fiat will be completely eliminated uh, over time or do you think you know fiat will will exist for the foreseeable future how do you see that playing out as far as bitcoin being the being the standard and fiat fiat yeah. where will fiat be I'm, I'm kind of caught between two sort of opinions on this like on a long enough time scale all that exists is bitcoin so, so that much I'm certain of, um, you know, like fraudulent money uh, goes to zero, you know, when uh, competing with energy money. Like, so, 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 so on a long enough time scale, that will happen. 
Um, the transition is going to be super messy. I get the sense that this decade is going to be really, really ugly for many people in many ways. Um, governments will continue to lock down. Governments will continue to steal and rob and borrow. UBI will be the thing that puts the nail in the coffin for humanity. It will literally turn uh, humans into pets, um, basically into serfs. Like if you want to turn a, a human being, like if you want to make someone uh, a pet or a slave of yours or a serf, um, you you make them dependent on you. And the way you make them dependent on you is you give them the money that they need for their subsistence. And then you say, you must do X, Y, Z. So, so, you know, governments will substantiate their CBDCs through UBI. That's going to be the mechanism via which they, I think, hold off hyperinflation. So I don't think hyperinflation will occur as a result of them creating more money. I think the hyperinflation event will happen as the migration to Bitcoin occurs and as all the productive capacity moves on to Bitcoin in these pockets of citadels, you know, quote unquote, or, or regions in which uh, economic prosperity starts to emerge because people are on a Bitcoin standard, because they're actually producing real wealth. Um, as that occurs and Bitcoin's, you know, financial um or Bitcoin's economic significance continues to uh, increase, what will happen that there will be a point where there's a flight into Bitcoin and it's the flight into Bitcoin that will collapse the, the other system. Now, that's all going to happen at different speeds in different locations in different jurisdictions and in different parts and different times uh, over the next 10, 15, 20, 30 years. Um, but yeah, on the other end of that, Fiat just doesn't exist. It it just cannot exist. Like it, it is it is the broken piece which will be it'll be a remnant or it'll be a it'll be a it'll be a memory of a of a history or a past that fundamentally didn't work. But yeah, the, the transition to get there is not gonna be um, pretty. I hope that it's as clean as possible, but my, my gut feeling is that it's gonna be one of those um, transitions where you know bitcoiners and like people who choose to be free are going to need to be strong we're going to need to learn how to you know work together uh in localities but also at a distance um and we're going to need to keep inspiring others to move over to truth um so that we can continually starve the beast on the other end because that's what the beast is going to do it's going to keep its relevance by turning what I call the sludge, which is all the fucking sheep, into pets, and then deputizing those pets to kind of uh, fight us. So, yeah, it's a little bit gloomy, yeah. um, but it's that's sort of the way I think it's going to crumble. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that phrase, "starve the beast." That's a that's a good one. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna use that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully in the future, you know, our future generations, like you were saying, will look back and say, remember when we used to use that slave money fiat and the government could just steal value from everybody whenever they wanted and we just, we just used it. And then hopefully, hopefully that, that they look back and, and realize that. But yeah, it, like you were saying before, you know, it's, it's the combination of, you know, the printing press, but also them forcing us to use it as legal tender yeah. that that require that that causes all this this the issue so do you think the government will fight back more in terms of trying to stop bitcoin because you know clearly bitcoin is going to be used as a currency right now they say it's you know a, a digital asset michael saylor likes to say it's an asset not a currency um yet but do you think they'll they'll fight back when they realize hey you know this bitcoin thing this is this is a currency. This is threatening our our printing press here. They're, they're clearly going to do what they can to stop it, right? How do you think that's going to play out? You think they're going to be able to to do anything to to stop it? Yeah, this is. I mean, they are already. I mean, look at that Senate bill, you know, and all the garbage that's going on with that mm -hmm. thing. Um, like, I mean, th th this is the beauty about like Bitcoin being a network, like it is. It you know, it continues irrespective of, you know, what clown set of politicians try to, like, suppress or change it or whatever, right? So, so it continues. The only thing that happens is, you know, particular politicians um, 
either you know make happy or piss off all of the constituents and you know what we do as bitcoiners and bitcoin advocates and all of this is we kind of infiltrate every layer of the government every layer of society and we get people to put skin in the game and we actually make it harder to turn this off it's like a -a whack-a-mole right so so they will try and push against it um i personally think their best vector or their best angle for attack uh, is through their adoption of something like ethereum like so i think ethereum for example is the most elegant uh, state level attack on bitcoin and that's why I fucking hate it, like with a passion, because what will happen is under the guise of decentralization and under the guise of, you know, the Vitalik fucking retard wonder boy, um, you know, they will sort of position that as, oh, you know, this is innovation. This is better than Bitcoin, blah, blah, blah. And they know that they can tell Vitalik whatever to do. Um, and, you know, mm. behind the veil of a bunch of techno fucking babble, they will transform something like Ethereum into a globalist surveillance fucking coin. And that's exactly what um, what that trend is. So, but the problem is all the lemmings, all the fucking dumbasses who don't understand the difference between Bitcoin and shitcoin, they will go and basically do that. And and unknowingly, like their their intent will be, oh yeah, you know, decentralization, blah blah blah. But they are literally going to feed the beast that Bitcoiners are trying to starve. So, so that I think is going to be their best fight. Like overtly trying to stamp it out is not going to work. It's too late for that. That that needed to happen, you know, six seven years ago. So I think they fucked up. Trying to do it with CBDCs directly, you know, may work because I guess they can enforce it legally and they can substantiate it with UBI. So that'll probably work. But I think a, a more elegant move will be through the guise of something like an Ethereum um, or something like that. So that's that's the way I believe they'll fight. It'll it'll basically. All it's going to do is it's not going to win them the battle. It's going to delay a move onto you know a global Bitcoin standard, um, which the cost of that is going to be millions of people probably dying of starvation and you know all these other ramifications that will happen along the way. Had we not just got to the Bitcoin standard much faster, so that's the that's the problem with these idiots. That's that's an interesting uh, possibility, and I never really thought of that. You know, uh, there is a clearly a foundation behind Ethereum that can be corruptible, that can, you know, be taken over, infiltrated, and that's that's a that's interesting uh, possibility. You think the government may uh, get behind Vitalik and and kind of direct his decisions and whatnot. Um, do you think uh, Do you think all other altcoins are are shit basically and and you think they're they're all corruptible yeah Yeah. absolutely yeah that's the whole point like they're they're literally they're all an attack or a distraction on bitcoin now some of them are a naive attack on bitcoin some of them are an overt attack on bitcoin like you know cardano like that fucking retard charles hoskinson like you know he sits there and he's like oh you know what africa is missing is a digital identity so that you know people from a young age can have all of their data stored on it and shared you know with governments so that they can you know get a loan in the future it's like these fucking idiots like literally like globalist cucks who just want to create a surveillance state but instead of you know uh the government building it they want to be the contractor for the government right so like these guys are literally the enemy but they're flying a crypto flag which the lemmings who don't understand the raison d'etre of bitcoin literally go towards that um, you know, they'll sit there and they'll say, globalism bad, but I own Cardano. <laughs> like, okay, dickhead. Hmm. You're literally supporting the exact thing that you're apparently against. So so all of these things are completely useless, completely pointless. And, you know, at, at best, they're a fucking degenerate gambler's, um, you know, paradise. So they're a distraction. Um, and at worst, they're, a, they're an overt attack on Bitcoin. Um, and probably you know just as bad is they're a they're a potential you know elegant attack vector for state level um for state level attack on bitcoin long term Hmm. yeah that's a good point it's definitely possible for that to happen i think i see ethereum as um kind of a test net in which you know that there's there's work being done on there Uh, i think most of it will be moved on to bitcoin and be done better on bitcoin do you think that you know we should welcome these people in because they they do own bitcoin they may not fully understand why 
you know, Bitcoin is better than these altcoins and is more decentralized and unstoppable. How, how can we, how can we welcome them in and not, you know, be shut, shut them out like that? Cause, cause I want to, I want to grow the movement, you know, mm-hmm. and that a lot of these people do own Bitcoin. So how, how can we go about, you know, welcoming them in with, mm-hmm. without, yeah, with also the, educating them. The, there's a saying which is, you know, the 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 teacher arrives when the student is ready. So, like, some of these guys just aren't ready. You know, they they just want to make money, and you know, Bitcoin yeah. is not a get rich quick scheme. Bitcoin is not how you you know you make money. You know, Bitcoin is a fundamental exit from the current paradigm. And until they're ready to appreciate that. Um, then there's nothing we can say is going to help them because all they're going to do is they're going to make up excuses about how their coin is pumping more than Bitcoin, you know, or whatever. So, so the, 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 until they feel the pain, for example, of having been, I don't know, taxed or, you know, the government calling their shit coin, you know, a security, in which case it goes to zero, like, or, you know, the rug pull happens on a DeFi um, or, you know, they're, they're, transactions start getting censored because you know the foundation running their fucking shitcoin you know decides you know what's what um you know these a lot of these people are just not going to wake up until it's too late like until something happens where the 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 money that they thought they had is not actually theirs then they realize oh fucking now i realize why bitcoin's so important so what we just need to do is we need to keep building the content we need to keep on our message we don't need to go to them and try and you know create the message for them and ask them to come over here. Like we need to maintain our message. And the, the very fact that the existing established financial system continues to crumble and get worse will drive them towards us through necessity and through pain. Um, and some of them who are curious, intellectually curious enough will discover, you know, the content that Bitcoin is producing and it will ring true for them. I think that's the only real way. We don't need to go and beg them to come over here. We don't need to go and be nice. We don't need to go and like play fucking kumbaya. We're all in this together. We need to remain on message and on point and not waver from that. And what they'll find is that in 2016, Bitcoiners were saying the same thing. In 2018, they were saying the same thing. In 2020, they were saying the same thing. In 2022, they were saying the same thing. And they were just changing their fucking narrative every two months. Um, they will come and find stability uh, with us. Um, and I think that's the best service that we can provide to the marketplace. I agree. that there's a That's a good way of going about it, for sure. There's a term going around called toxic maximalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what do you think about that? Do you think there's a, there's a point when people are in the Bitcoin movement are to shut out to everybody else and attack attacking everybody else. Do you think that there's a point where it's too, too, too far that way? Yeah, sometimes. I mean, look, the thing is I understand why it happens because like the, the, the same dumb arguments from lemmings just keep coming up. Like it's just, you know, it's like one idiot will say, Oh yeah, Bitcoin's not decentralized because China. And then, you know, like, China bans mining, so Bitcoin, you know, continues. Nothing happens, and then that same idiot will be like, "Oh, Bitcoin's uh, still not decentralized because um, exchanges." And it's like, and then you know, some other idiot will parrot the same thing, and it's like this, just sort of this really unfounded memory. Like, and I mean, my article, the Intelligent Person Guides to Bitcoin, was like a, a rebuttal to this dumbass uh, economics professor who probably read you know, about Bitcoin on Forbes or something, you know what I mean? And like made his assumptions. So like at this point, like how much, like the content is out there, the nice content is out there. Like the, you know, the, the non-toxic content is all out there from people like me, from Gigi, from Breedlove, from Parker Lewis to Booth to fucking, you know, Sailor to Preston Pish to like all of this stuff is out there. And these people, you know, are behaving like ignorant morons and, you know, at some point your patience level disappears. You're like, okay, well, you know, fuck you. Like, don't buy Bitcoin. Fuck off. Stay with your shitcoin. And and I actually sit squarely in that camp now. You know, like, is I'm I'm happy to like if people are dumb enough um, to literally, despite me, like, because I always start nice, but you know, when they start pushing back on things like with unfounded moronic arguments. 
at that point, I'm like, okay, I have a better idea. Don't buy Bitcoin. Please go buy Ethereum, go buy Dogecoin, go buy fucking US dollars. Please stay the fuck out of Bitcoin. Um, because I know that at some point they'll be back. Um, but the beauty is that they will have paid the price for their stupidity or ignorance by buying a fraction of the Bitcoin that they could have bought when I told them to. Um, and that's the reality of the economic consequence. And, and in many ways, I think that toxicity has a, um, has a real benefit because what it does is it encourages people who really, really, really get Bitcoin to continue accumulating Bitcoin. And long term, they're actually the people that I want to hold more Bitcoin, not the fucking morons. Um, so, you know, in some ways, I think like, I mean, a good example is Saifedean bullying um, Nassim Taleb. <laughs> That was fucking incredible. Like literally Taleb is a moron and he now has no Bitcoin. He sold it all because he, not because he made a rational fucking decision, but because he hates big toxic Bitcoiners. That was like a win in my mind. That is a fucking win and a half. Like that means the Bitcoin that is going like the available Bitcoin is moving into the hands of hardcore hodlers and Bitcoiners who get it and out of the hands of morons like Taleb and, you know, Ethereum supporters and all these other idiots. So, yeah, I, I'm, I think toxicity. While sometimes, like, there is some obviously, there's always stupidity. Like, it's not perfect. Nothing in the world is perfect. Like, there's always some dumb shit. But by and large, it's, um, I think it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's a good point. There's, um, if you if you study the on-chain analytics, uh, I know uh, Pomp goes over them, and he sh- he shows that you know currently a lot of the Bitcoin is moving towards you know, long-term hodlers. And that's definitely a good sign for, for the bit, for the base of Bitcoin. You know, every time it goes through these pumps, it ends up higher than it was before. Cause there's more, you know, hodlers. So we yeah. gotta, we gotta grow that hodler base for sure. So, yeah. yeah. So next, uh, wh- where do you think the future in terms of regulation is, is going a lot of these uh, altcoins are, you know, do have teams behind them. You know, the SEC recently was talking about how, you know, the security is defined by something with a team behind it that people invest in in hopes of future profits. And a lot of altcoins are fall under that definition. So do you think the government's going to go after a lot of these altcoins and take them down? Or? I don't know. And I don't really care, to be honest. Like, I just think it's it's for me, it's just funny watching one set of uh, monopolists uh, go and fight with like a new set of aspiring monopolists. <laughs> so it's like, I don't care. Let them go and beat each other up. And we, we're just going to continue to Bitcoin. And I, I just find that hilarious. Yeah. I, I, th- I think they'll, they'll definitely go after some of the, some of these altcoins and, you know, there's a lawsuit against ripple and, and all that. So I definitely wouldn't want to be holding any of them after, after I heard what the SEC was saying about it. So, yeah, well, I mean, I just, you know, it, it's funny. People are like, oh, you know, let the market decide. I'm like, well, technically the market is deciding. You know, the largest player in the market is the government and the SEC. Um, they know they can't stop Bitcoin. Um, there's too much skin in the game at different layers of society with Bitcoin that it's very hard, like, you know, for them to turn it off. So, what are they going to do? They're just going to go for, you know, the, the lowest hanging fruit, the easiest target. Um, and they will go and take out some of these dumbass projects um, that are decentralized and watch them watch them disappear. It's going to be fucking hilarious. Um, and I, I don't know. I just I just have no remorse for those idiots anymore. As much as I don't like state intervention, as much as I don't like the government doing anything, the realistic scenario here is that the government is a player in this market um, in some way, shape, or form. Even though they don't need to be here, even though everything was fine without them and everything would be fine without them and Bitcoin would win and do, you know, all that stuff would happen without them. The reality is that, you know, government by its very nature is an institution that adds no value. And when it sees value being created somewhere, like a classic mafia racketeer goes and puts its fucking grimy fingers into it, which is effectively what they're doing here. Um, and, you know, the, the ultimate outcome will be, uh, those who are claiming decentralization, whatever the fuck else they're claiming, will actually get wrecked um, and, yes, suck shit to them. Um, and it's just going to be a... Yeah, yeah I, I'd be... 
if I was in any of those things right now, I'd be shitting my pants and rightly so. Yeah, I agree. So last topic here I want to talk about is uh, El Salvador making Bitcoin legal tender and, you know, Jack with a strike uh, working with them to allow for you know, Lightning Network uh, to mm-hmm. have instant and nearly fee-free transactions. So do you think this is going to uh, grow and more countries are going to adopt it and the Lightning Network will be uh, more heavily adopted so that Bitcoin can can become more of a medium of exchange uh, more so in the future? Yeah, I think it's still early days. I mean, I was in Salvador um, two weeks or three weeks ago or whatever. Um, and... Mm-hmm. You know, whilst there is some grassroots movements there, there is, you know, merchants and stuff accepting Bitcoin, like, um, it's still very early. Um, I, you know, where me and Jack differ a little bit is I, I look at Bitcoin as um, still squarely in the, you know, the, the emergent, the emergent money phase and, you know, the, that mm-hmm. part of the phase, you know, it being a means of savings, not of uh, payments. Um, but I mean, it has to move towards there. So, so Jack is preempting that. And I guess the difference between you know me and Jack there is, you know, Jack's a much earlier Bitcoiner. He has the runway to be able to do that. So he's doing that as a business, and someone needs to build that. Um, me, economically speaking, you know, I got into Bitcoin a lot later than Jack, um, and you know, my business doesn't have the same runway as he does. So I'm focusing on, you know, treating Bitcoin as a savings tool. Um, so I'm servicing that element of the market and Jack's servicing the next element. And basically what will naturally happen is people will sort of come through products like Amber and transition into products like Strike. Um, and, and, and I think mm-hmm. that is um, that is special. Um, and, you know, that's part of the dynamic of Bitcoin's emergence is that it's going to happen differently everywhere. But to, to your original point with Strike is, um, you know, it's going to be very interesting in September to see what actually happens in Salvador and whether that whole lightning thing turns, you know, whether it actually really starts to pick up some steam um, or whether it you know, gets delayed or whatever the case is. I mean, going there didn't give me much hope for them being ready in September because no one actually knew what was going on. Um, but, you know, time will tell. And, and I genuinely, genuinely hope that it is a success. And I may also throw my hat in the ring there to see if there's anything I can do to help to ensure that it becomes success because if that happens, then it creates you know, an incentive for other uh, small countries to perhaps do the same. Um, and then we start to create a movement that way, which I think like all of these things help. And that's just another you know, part of the puzzle that'll help. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely exciting, but you do have a point, you know, it is pretty early and Bitcoin's uh, adoption curve and we still have a lot of volatility I think going about it and like you were saying, uh, using it as a means to save right now is the way to go about it because, you know, there's a lot of volatility and it's not, it's not fully adopted. It's not really ready for that, you know, full worldwide medium, medium of exchange. I mean, the, the market cap is what, 700 billion and, you know, there's hundreds of trillions of dollars worth of fiat out there. Right. So it still has a long ways to go in terms of its adoption. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're still early days, baby steps. So you know, the the baby steps will turn into baby strides. Will turn into you know, child steps, child strides. It's gonna it's gonna all happen very quickly, and it'll all happen in our lifetime, which I think is the most exciting part. Yeah, How, what's your time frame looking for for this? Do you think uh, where do you see Bitcoin in a year from now, and in five years, and ten years from now? Oh, a year from now, I mean, I think you know we're gonna be right in the midst of a bull market, everyone's going to be, you know, frothing at the mouth, you know, shit coins will be pumping, you know, everyone will be making a bunch of money and everyone's going to be happy. Um, I think five years from now, um, we're probably going to be, you know, somewhere in a very similar point in the cycle, but just in order of magnitude larger. So, you know, that'll be sort of, you know, the next period of the hype cycle, but, you know, we'll, we'll have gone through a nice winter uh, to shake out all the tourists uh, in between that. Um, I think in 10 years time, you know, we're talking about uh, multi-million dollar Bitcoin in terms of, you know, uh, relative purchasing power. And we, you know, it's very, 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 very different world by that point. Like, you know, much of the fiat infrastructure will be, you know, broken, damaged, um, 
you know, irreparable. There'll be a whole lot of dystopian bullshit, you know, going on. Like, particularly, like, in the five years, we're going to be right in the middle of that shit, and I think it'll be right in the worst of times, but that's sort of where I believe the, the real inflection point for Bitcoin will happen because the pain of the draconian measures, and I think, you know, people having lost their businesses, starvation, supply chains broken, all this sort of stuff will freak the fuck out of people, and they'll all piss off into into Bitcoin, you know, you'll see asset liquidations across the board, across all sorts of things, all trying to buy and get into Bitcoin um, whilst they still can. And that's going to that's gonna be what drives the pump in the five-year period. Um, and then, you know, in the 10-year period, we're going to be, you know, on a, in the stratosphere somewhere. So, sort of like. Do you think uh, Bitcoin, the price of Bitcoin will stabilize over time as it does more people convert over from fiat to, to Bitcoin? Yeah, of course. I mean, that, that that's going to be a natural phenomenon. Like, you know, Bitcoin moving, yeah. you know, $10,000 today is like, a, what is that, a 16% move? But Bitcoin moving $10,000 when it's a million bucks is a, you know, 0.1% move. So so that, that, that'll that'll dampen uh, over time, the, the percentage move. And, that, and that, that's that's fine. That, that's, an, that's the natural function of uh, something that is growing in liquidity. I, and it's strange to me how some people just can't understand that. They're like, but Bitcoin's volatility. I'm like, yeah, dickhead, it's normal. It's got to be volatile if it's growing, you stupid. Like, how the fuck is it going to get to? Yeah. How, how, like, how does something go from zero to 100 trillion? Like, how else? It's yeah. It's got to fucking grow. Like, it's got to be volatile. And what, do you think it happens in a straight line? Like, pe- people, the volatility argument is just so, like, incredibly dumb like honestly you gotta have like fucking less than six brain cells to be able to like put that one forward it's so stupid so like yeah well, people it's... people can't handle the volatility so you know stay out of the space if you uh can't handle the drops you don't don't deserve the gains right <laughs> well i mean but that see that comes from not understanding what bitcoin is again it's like i don't measure my bitcoin yeah. uh, i don't measure my net worth in dollars like so when i like all i care about is do i have more bitcoin today than i had yesterday if so, it's a good day. If not, mm. it's not a good day. Like, you know, did I get hacked or something? So, um, you know, the that's the only measure I give a shit about. Like, when people are talking about drops and ups and downs and all this sort of stuff, I'm like, what are you still measuring in dollars for? Fucking are you crazy? Like, that doesn't matter. Like, the only thing that matters is how much Bitcoin do you have? And that should be the number that's going up, not your dollar worth. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So what, what do you think Bitcoiners uh, can do to help support the growth of the network? And uh, what, do you, what are you doing to, to do that? Yeah, well, keep buying. So like I'm, I'm about to launch Amber in the US. Um, it will be available across 44 states. Um, we're going to have some cool features like that differentiate the product. So like smart accumulation features like auto buy the dip. And, you know, we're going to build a button like called buy the shift. So every time Peter Schiff like tweets about Bitcoin, it'll buy you some Bitcoin. So we want to just... <laughs> <laughs> we encourage people to just continually stack, continually accumulate. And then we'll be doing some other things where, you know, people will be able to like effectively pay their bills and like, you know, buy shit that they need to buy in fiat all without having to sell their Bitcoin. So we're going to start, you know, treating Bitcoin as a collateral um, and effectively creating a large scale retail speculative attack on the US dollar and the other fiat currencies that we're involved in by enabling people to spend dollars and save Bitcoin. And if we can do that, if we can help enable people to never, ever, ever sell their Bitcoin um, and continually spend the shitcoin that is fiat, um, I think we can we can do some big things. And I hope people will, you know, use products like Amber and Strike, etc., that enable that kind of thing. Awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm on the wait list or I'm, I, I'm on your email list waiting for uh, y- you to come out in the uh, US. So that should be uh, coming soon, right? Absolutely, man. V- very soon, actually. So, you know, if people want to jump on, they can check it out. There's like a little banner at the top of our um, website. Uh, or if you just go to like amber.app forward slash United hyphen states, um, you can sort of sign up to the waiting list. But yeah, it's... Um, Around the corner, we're, we're we're dealing with a few things now, like with the with the payment partner. Um, but we did we did manage to run our first U.S. transactions last or this week that's just passed. So, yeah, it'll it'll be awesome. rolling out in parts. Cool, cool. 
Well, uh, where, where else can people find about you, find you online and your podcast and, and all that? Yeah, so um, Ghost of Svetsky is my Twitter account because my original at Alex Svetsky got uh, banned. Um, so if you're watching right. this, you'll see my username there, but I'm sure Matt will put it in um, in the show notes. Uh, I have the Wake Up podcast, so it's like anchor anchor.fm forward slash wake up pod, um, one word. Uh, my medium, svetsky.medium.com, but these days I'm more writing on Bitcoin Magazine. So if you just type in Bitcoin Magazine, Alex Svetsky, um, or just even Bitcoin Magazine Svetsky in Google, you'll find my uh, profile on there. And a lot of my new stuff is going to be on Bitcoin Magazine. And then the other place, if you want some really, really like deep philosophical stuff, um, go to bitcointimes.news, so T-I-N-E-S dot news. And I've had, um, so they're, they're like long form publications and I've had everyone right there, um, all, all the good people. So like everyone from Breedlove to Gigi to Eric Sun to Jeff Booth, Jack Mazuko, Jimmy Song, uh, fuck, you name it, like uh, Parker Lewis, like all the best of the best have like written long form essays for the Bitcoin Times. And it's like something that I do once a year and I bring together the best minds to produce some timeless content mm-hmm. for... Um, bitcoiners to to read so that's then that's available free online at bitcointimes.news awesome cool i'll make sure to put all those links in the uh, description so everyone can check you out and uh yeah thanks for being on it was nice talking to you absolutely man thank you so much appreciate it